Welcome to Stogie from the Road, a podcast for the everyday truck driver. Here we talk about life on the road and everything in between. I am your faithful trucking servant, Stogie the Trucker, and I'm joined by my faithful companion, Bonnie the One-Eyed Wonder Dog. So if you're out there burning up that highway tonight or just sitting at home relaxing, I want you to turn up that dial and enjoy this episode of Stogie from the Road. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stogie from the Road. Whew. Late night last night. That was a rough one. I'm not going to go into it, but I was thirsty. Anyway, yeah, late night, early morning makes for a Makes for a rough day. Makes for a kind of a groggy stogie, but I think I can handle this. I think I can do this. I want you to bear with me here. I got a lot of great stuff to talk about. First thing I want to talk about is, are you sharing this? Can you share this? Do you have friends that could probably get something out of this? Please, could you help old stogie out and share and subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes and Pass this out to your friends and get people to tune in and listen to this. I truly appreciate it. It'll help me a ton. Um, also, don't forget, we got Stogie's Mailbag. Send me a message on Facebook. Send me a private message if you got something you want to talk about. Drop it in there. Give you a shout out on the show. And we'll talk about it. And if you are interested in sponsoring the show, you've got a business, you've got something that you want to uh, get out there, be a part of the show hit me up on facebook we'll talk about it we'll make it happen i'll help you you help me we help each other and everything's gucci all right let's move forward how's everybody doing today it's what saturday yeah it's saturday yeah i know it's saturday you know why i know it's saturday because i had a weird saturday morning doctor's appointment a little fun fact for you when you're a truck driver and you're sneaking up on 50 like yours truly, you have these things called doctor's appointments every time you come home, whether it's a dentist appointment, it's whatever. But you got to take care of yourself, right? You have to take care of you. You only get one of these bodies. And uh, I'm not going to lie, folks, played a sloppy first half. Now we're playing catch up. So uh had to go to the old doctor. Guys, I'm an open book across the board. I talk about a lot of things and I have no problem talking about myself. Well, what do guys have to go to the doctor for when they're sneaking up on 50? When they're in their 40s? Yeah. The good old prostate exam. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a truck driver and if you sit a lot, that's something you're going to want to keep an eye on. You're going to have to go there, go to the doctor, and have them uh, check you out. Who's done that before? Come on, guys, don't lie. And if you have it, you need to because it's happening younger and you really it's it's preventable. You gotta do it. You gotta take care of it. Well, old Stogie finally had to go to his uh inaugural exam. And I don't do a whole lot of research when it comes to medical things, as far as I I, I kind of take a broad glance at it. I'm ADHD as shit, so you know, reading isn't my strong point. And uh 
you kind of go based upon those myths of uh, the old prostate exam. And fun story for you guys. I go there today and talk to my doctor, which is a lady, which makes it even get even more uncomfortable. And we're sitting down talking and she's asking me a series of questions. How often do you go to the bathroom and all that stuff? And I'm like, is uh, six times in the middle of the night a lot? She's like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. And as the, the meeting goes on, she looks at me and she goes, well, do you want to do an exam today? Because I typically I don't do it because my fingers aren't long enough. And I would have to book you an appointment with a urologist. And I looked at her and I go, what, what's the first thing you do when somebody says that to you? Especially a lady. What's the first thing you do? You look at her hands. Dude, I don't know anything about these exams. I'm not even 100% sure where a prostate is. I know it's down there in the old basement somewhere, but I've never gone rooting around looking for it. And I look at her hands and I'm like, uh, lady, you got some normal sized fingers. And I just blurted it out. I'm like, ma'am, your fingers look normal. How far were you planning on going in? The look on her face was, I mean, and she had a mask on. You would think, yeah, I'm not even going to say it. But yeah, that's the first thing I'm thinking. I was like, how far are you planning on going in there? And she goes, why don't we just book you an appointment? Jesus, why don't we just book you an appointment with a urologist? Because they're definitely going to do it. And I'm like, okay. I'm sitting there and she's typing away and I'm like, well, how big would their fingers be? And she just, she goes, you know what, Mr. Dirksen, you have to do this, okay? Plenty of men do it. You have to do it. You're going to be fine. I'm like, all right. So anyway, yeah. Ladies, if you're listening to this, younger guys. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the, the thing that goes through your mind when you go in for the old, uh, Hawaii exam is all right. How big are your fingers? Because, uh, not a fan. Anyway, that leads me into what I was going to talk to you guys about today the physical health of a truck driver or your physical health as a man. Because this, this podcast today is going to be kind of geared, um, is going to be geared to men and the people that have to deal, interact, or love their man. Physical health and mental health have a direct connection. I think we can all agree that. That there is a direct correlation between physical health and mental health. You have to take care of your physical health. You have to go to the doctor. You have to let the old uh, lady with basketball player hands get in there and root around. I'm just kidding. You have to go and take care of yourself. Whether it's the dentist, whether it's your back, whether it's your feet, your heart, your lungs, whatever. You have to keep an eye on stuff, especially as you get older because, you know, we start uh, breaking down. I think after the age of 35, your body starts to age exponentially or something like that. I don't know. I read that on imright.com once. And uh, you have to take care of yourself. And if you don't, that falls apart. What's going to come shortly after your mental health so that being said let's talk about the mental health of a man in when you're 
out there on the road. People search for happiness in different ways. And I saw this this uh, this podcast one time, and they were talking about this book. And people in the U.S. typically, when they want to achieve happiness, you know, or good mental health, but mainly happiness, they do things for themselves. And they did a study, and over in, like, say, Japan and, and different places like that, when they want to achieve happiness, they do something for others. And the success rates in other countries are higher than over here in the U.S., so how many people out there have achieved a job promotion and didn't feel that sense of fulfillment or lost weight and didn't feel that sense of fulfillment? You can find ways of reaching that sense of fulfillment by doing things for other people. So that's a start. You can try to do something good. And in trucking, the first thing that goes to mind is help your fellow man. Help the next guy coming up do something um, good to make this place better. I got into it on Facebook the other day because there's this freaking chucklehead that sent me a friend's request. I didn't know who he was, but I accepted it. You know, you're in trucking and we have mutual friends and stuff. He posts a picture of this guy's uh, Freightliner Coronado. Good, clean truck, right? Driving for Landstar. Got a couple antennas on there. I think one too many. Guy likes his truck, I don't know, and they just had a lot of antennas on it. Whatever. Be that as it may, this guy takes it upon himself to take a picture of it, making fun of him, but not making fun of him in a, you know, check this guy out type of thing. You go down into the comments, and man, these guys were eviscerating him. You know, and it's this, I've been doing this for 20 years, and all this stuff, and you know... These people with their chain drive wallets and their misfit mafia, wannabe truck show, blah, blah, blah type of things. And just completely devaluing anybody that's coming into this industry that are trying to do it to the best of their abilities. But they might be doing it the wrong way or they might be doing something that's not the norm or they might uh, zigged when they should have zagged. And these guys are, I mean, just horrible. Horrible shit. So I typically don't do this. I don't engage in it, but I thought, you know, maybe this could be a, a teachable moment. And I said, you know, this guy might have excessive antennas on his truck. However, it's a clean truck. Looks like he takes pride in it. And me, for one, in the moments of my career coming up, as I'm still coming up, I've had an immense amount of gratitude and appreciation for when I have an old timer come to me and going, hey, buddy, not trying to tell you what to do, but did you know this, this, and this? You only need one antenna, or you only, you're doing this wrong or doing that wrong. Just won't let you know. Man, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time coming over and doing that. Well, you've all heard the stories of the guys like, yeah, I've tried to help these young people bucks out and I go over there and they tell me to eat shit and they I ain't, they ain't trying to hear anything I say. Well, one, listening to you deliver the story, I wonder what your delivery was like when you went up to the guy. Two, be that as it may, that was probably difficult for you to do, but what did I say the other day in the other podcast? 
Be tolerant of others and strict with yourself. You want to see a change? Be strict with yourself. Go do something that's uncomfortable. Try to help the guy out and you never know. It might come back in a positive fashion. And if not, at least you try. So I unpacked that and I said, you know, it just, it could be a, a nice thing to go over and maybe talk to the guy and maybe, you know, bring him up to speed on the the art of CB technology. And his response was, actually, let me pull it up here. <laughs> he, uh, it didn't go well, folks. And this is typically why I don't do it. But his response was, we're going to call this Randy B is what his, his name was. That's quite the speech. I must have gotten into your feel, feels, LOL. You can go about your day. Don't really care for your opinion or big-ass speech you had to write. You can go back to the Misfit Mafia truck show wannabes like that big four-headed bitch that claims to be an owner-operator, which is a lease operator. FYI, meaning she is your queen leader. Have the conversation with her. I don't need it. Now, let's think about that. First of all, and for good buddy. Secondly, let's unpack this a little bit because there's a lot there. I was very kind and diplomatic in what I said to the guy. Very constructive. However, saying, hey, you know, in a nutshell, if the guy's doing something wrong, go help him. What's the difference between you, you know, busting this guy's balls for his antennas or the guy that sits there and films a truck driver having a hard time backing in at the truck stop and you sit there and film him while he backs into another guy's truck? It's kind of the same thing, don't you think? There's a connection there. But number two, and this is the one I really want you to, to grasp. Some of you old timers that have the 20 years of experience and You've invented everything from the, the shoe to the wheel to the question mark to the moon in the sky. What's the difference between you and that guy in this incident that you come up and try to help and he ain't trying to hear it? I just tried to tell him to let him know his he's securing his load wrong. He told me he knows what he's doing, told me to go to hell and all right, suit yourself. I ain't helping nobody no more. What's the difference between that and somebody saying, hey, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Why don't you go over there and help the guy out? You've got 20 years of experience. You've got all these little nuggets of knowledge. Why don't you help the guy? But you ain't trying to hear it. And guys, if you spend any amount of time on the road and listen to these chuckleheads, on the CB, it's all the same thing. They can pass judgment and cast stones across any radio wave or Facebook post that they want to, but by God almighty, don't you say anything to them. It's called being a hypocrite. So, a little food for thought there for you. And this all ties into the mental health aspect. Because one time when I was driving through Chicago, this guy told me, or I, I was listening to the CB. And uh, over the CB, there was the typical ranting and raving, and you son of a bitch, I'll pull over, I'll beat your ass, and all that stuff like that, just nonstop. And just this vitriolic rhetoric. I mean, it was bad. Chicago, go figure. 
And this one guy gets on there and he says, and this, I mean, it really got my attention. He said, you know what, guys, this industry doesn't have a driver shortage. We don't have a problem with needing drivers. We don't have a problem with needing pay. We have a humanity problem in this industry. Some of you guys have been into this truck so long that your level of humanity is abysmal. Listen to how you talk to each other. And ever since then, I really listen. I listen to these guys and the amount of just negative, disgusting, feral behavior over the CB is I'm awestruck half the time. Yet everybody says you need to keep your CB on and it's dangerous, which I wholeheartedly agree. You need to keep your CB on for safety reasons. I'm a big advocate of the CB. But you're supposed to sit there and listen to that? I'm not going to lie. I squelch your ass out when that shit starts going on because I'm not going to listen to it. It's a hostile work environment. I don't, I don't prescribe to that. But they just get horrific when it comes to that. And I think a lot of it has to do with depression. A lot of it has to do with falling out of accountability and morality. Um, you just, these some of these guys have evolved into absolute monsters that you do not want to be around. And if you think about it, Dr. Andrew Huberman, he has a podcast called The Huberman Effect. He's a world-renowned clinician and physician. And he has some great content. I highly suggest you check out his podcast. He was talking about how solitude and rage go hand in hand. There is a direct connection between solitude and rage. And if you think about it, he uses an example that, what do they say about mass murderers? Oh, he was a loner. He was beside, He was by himself all the time. He really never said anything. Didn't have any friends, never left the house. And then they open up his basement and it's some freaking John Wayne Gacy type of stuff, you know? This blind rage that makes you do just horrible, horrible things. If you're a trucker, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You guys have heard it. You cannot have been on the road for more than two weeks and not heard what I'm talking about. So... You have to have to kind of think about that. What kind of person are you being out on the road? It's something I've thought about mightily. It's something I, I want to talk to you guys about. You know, the I talked to uh, my buddy Drew yesterday, you know, and I always talk about, you know, if we go into the truck stops, let's let's sit together. Let's talk. And then he, he made a great point. He said this. This podcast is like bringing the table to all of us drivers to where we can all sit at the table and we can talk. You know, I'm going to have podcasts soon where I'm going to have Drew and I'm going to have Brandon on. I'm going to have, you know, friends of mine that I know on and we're going to put the microphones out and we're going to just sit here and talk. You know, and you can experience what it's like to sit and listen to truckers talk because we all have the same story to a certain degree in one way, shape or form. and. It really made me feel good because it's motivating me to keep on. So I had a phenomenal conversation with Drew yesterday. I love that guy like a brother. He is my brother, hands down, 100%. 
I'm really looking forward to uh, opening up a dialogue with everybody so people can really hear and, and see what we're all we're all talking about here and what we're all feeling and knowing that we're not that much different when it comes to um, the humanity and the, the plight of us men truckers. So that being said, I personally, I follow uh, this guy named Ryan Mickler. He has a podcast called The Order of Man. He's an extraordinary human being. Started a podcast on a whim. It's become wildly successful. And the premise is, is how to be a good man. And what is a man? What's the, the definition of a man? And the guidelines of it and creating a community of man of men that that keep each other accountable and uh and it goes into a lot on a regular basis from fatherhood to being a husband and uh being a pillar of your community and one of the things that i learned is who he puts out these books and you know these these books that you should read. And one of these books that I, I got into is by David Gilmore. It's called uh, Manhood in the Making. It talks about what is a man. The three attributes that are typically associated to a man is protect, provide, and procreate. Okay. That's kind of a broad stroke. Protect, provide, procreate. But this guy, he unpacks it farther. There's a difference between being a good man and being good at being a man. Being a good man is a morality issue. Being good at being a man is a capability issue or um, capability attribute. So if you are, let's, let's have an example. If you are a, a good man and only a good man, but not good at being a man. That's where the beta males come in. You know, the nice guy. Just uh, always, always sweet and kind and everything like that. But when the inevitable adversity of life pops up, he fails. Being moral and being a nice guy, that's not enough. Now, being good at being a man is, is being capable, you know, protect, provide, get out there, be aggressive when needed. But if you're only being good at being a man, but you don't have the morals, then we got a problem over there because we have what? The bully. So we have a lot of truckers out there on the CBs. They're, they're good at being a man. They're good at fighting. They're good at trucking. They're good at fixing their trucks. And they're all good at all that stuff. But they're not, they're not a good man. And it's becoming an issue. And we pass judgment on guys that are good men, but they're not capable. And you have the beta males that, that are just out there uh, hiding and sliding through life. So the goal is to figure out the balance and the art of being a good man and being good at being a man. 
and you keep that in the forefront of your brain in your day-to-day -day life of okay i just fixed my truck on the side of the road i'm i'm good at being a man but now i see a guy struggling in the parking lot with a load and he's strapping his load down wrong i went over there and helped the guy and he learned something that's called being a good man and those are the two things that i think men nowadays in trucking have to um have to kind of wrap their arms around it's what I think about all the time. And I falter on a regular basis. I tell you what, <laughs> I really, really do. And I have to really keep myself in check. There was a question on the podcast one time. Because any man worth his salt has asked himself this question before or has asked somebody a question like this before and it's what does it mean to be a man and one of the i think the most poignant and just paramount answers i think i've ever heard was someone who raises a man Someone who instills into their sons the concept of being a good man, being good at being a man, and the balance therein. And that goes for fathers that have daughters. You're still a man. And if you understand this concept, then you instill into your daughters what to look for. To look for that good man. To look for that man that's good at being a man. I mean, folks, this is what we think about. You know, wives that are listening to this. I want you to really kind of think about this. And think really hard about it. When a man is out there and he's driving that truck, it is not like a man that is working construction. When we're going through that agony, that inevitable aspect of life, when it comes to adversity, that, that A word, adversity, is an absolute certainty on a daily basis when it comes to an occurrence of it. We always have some sort of resistance in life as a truck driver or man in general not just truckers men in general we have that adversity on a daily basis because we have that protect provide procreate you know that in our dna that we have to achieve we have to go out and and make the kill and bring back the kill for our family so they can eat and thrive and stay alive provide that roof over their head to shelter them from the cold. So when we're out there driving, we're thinking, we're contemplating, we're asking ourselves, how do I do this better? How do I figure this out? What am I doing? Where am I going? You know, wives out there that possibly might be listening to this, really, really tune into this part. 
say a man has a, a breakdown, right? His truck breaks down, trying to get home for the holidays. He wants to go home too. He really, really wants to go home. He misses home. He's out there driving and he's looking, you know, left and right and he's seeing other people go to dinner and he's seeing other people live and pull up in their driveways and houses decorated and people living and thriving through their windows. And the trucker is, he's out there moving this freight and he wants to go home. And next thing you know, the truck breaks down. He's devastated. He's heartbroken. He wants to go home. He feels like he's failed. It's not even his fault. And he takes it on as a failure on his own accord when he mathematically knows he did everything right and he'd still failed. And he's shattered from the inside out. Most men, when they call home, what do they do? They call home, they tell you about what happened, and they immediately, a good man, immediately goes to work at reassuring you and making you feel better and telling you that everything's going to be okay. Letting you know he's trying, he's doing everything he can. And you know that he's trying, he's doing everything he can. And frankly, there are some women out there that still insist upon beating down their man while he's down, kicking him while he's down, making him feel bad about something that's not even his fault as he's out there trying. It's very sad, very, very sad. People need to understand what the average truck driver goes to. I try to keep this generalized, but, you know, my podcast is geared towards the fight for the truck driver. The fight for people to understand what's behind that windshield. And that is an actual beating heart. That is a human being. That is a husband. That is a father. That is a son. That's a mother. That's a grandmother. That's a granddaughter. It's a sister. That's a human being out there putting their life on hold to make sure that this country gets what they need in a timely fashion and most of the time on an unrealistic timeline in return for income that they take home to their family to make sure you guys are okay. People have to understand the magnitude of what is asked of a man and asked of a man who's a truck driver, for example, a man who has to, you know, walk away from home for extended amount of time to make sure he can provide. You know, folks, this isn't something like, uh, you know, work in construction to where you can cut wood or hammer a nail or you know, um, be an architect and draft something on a computer. When we have adversity and we have difficult times in life that we can't get away from, we don't we don't see anything through that windshield. In that windshield, what we see is a movie of our life 
and our failures, and where we went wrong, what is going on, and it's playing on repeat through that windshield. That hundred mile stare, we're just staring through that, into that abyss, and we're seeing things that we just can't get away from. And our, our mind runs away from us, and it's this, it's, it's agony during those difficult periods in life. And we have to really do some real work to protect what's between these ears of ours, which is our mind. You know, we'll, we'll sit here and have to deal with all kinds of government regulations when it comes to hours of service and safety of equipment. But nobody ever talks about the mental health of the American truck driver. Very few people talk about the mental health of men in general. I mean, folks, we live in a period of time to where eating on men emotionally is, is a standard. I mean, watch that stupid-ass show, Modern Family. I use that as an example all the time where... The husband is this bumbling idiot, and oh, I gotta ask the wife. I mean, she's in charge. I gotta ask the boss lady, and she's telling him to get his ass in the house. And you know, you're dealing with seeing on TV people talking all the time about the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. You know, I, I like that comedian Burt Kreischer. He's a funny guy, but if you listen to his podcast and the way his life goes, he basically has a wife that has absolutely neutered him and two daughters. They all love him. They they love him dearly, but my gosh, let that man speak up on his own behalf. And it's the patriarchy, and they don't listen to him, and they tell him, they, they treat him like a child. And that is commonplace in today's society now, where women sit there and bark at their husband from across the yard like he's a child. And the good way to destroy a marriage is have, have an, the adult and the child dynamic. You know, one person is, is the parent and the other person is the child asking for permission, asking for guidance, asking for allocation of something. You know, men do that to women and women do that to men. But in today's society, it's just like, why bother? And they wonder why men aren't getting married anymore. Women are running around all completely baffled anymore that men do not want to commit to marriage because frankly, men are starting to see that it's a bad investment. They're seeing that, okay, so I'm going to marry you. You are going to boss me around, tell me what to do, kick my ass around every corner, let me know when I could walk, talk, eat, sleep, or shit, and maybe you'll sleep with me. If I'm a good boy, I, I eat all my vegetables and do all my chores. So they, they look at that and they say, okay, if I can't make you happy or you're not happy for whatever reason you decide, you're going to now take everything I have or half of what I have, take the children and I'm going to have to pay you. Yeah, that's a that's a bad 
that's a bad investment. No, thank you. And I think women are starting to realize that because women are seeing it. Men are just like, no, thanks. I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and keep my money. I like my money and I'll just, I'll just drive my truck or I'll just watch porn or I'll just do this or I'll just play my video games. And now men are withdrawing from life, which men are withdrawing from protecting, providing, procreating. And civilization, as we can see it now, is all starting to go to shit. Because men are leaving the protecting, providing, and the procreation aspect. And they're absent fathers. They've been replaced with a check. Mother takes the check and doesn't give the child in return a father. And a young man can't be what a young man can't see. And now we have this army of beta males that are confused and a society of the older generation of men that are kicking their ass without any regard for their story on, on why they are the way they are. Young men can't be, and trust me, I see some of these guys, some of these beta male guys, and, and I'm right there with you. They, they frustrate the ever-living shit out of me, and I just, oh my gosh, I just want to throw myself out of plate glass window, sometimes listening to them whine and piss and bitch and moan. But we're not, we're not addressing the mental health aspect of what's happening to them. And I know it seems like I'm, I'm getting off track here, but it, it all kind of connects. It's that all big ripple effect factor. And I'm hoping, you know, I have an agenda here. I'm hoping that maybe a husband will sit down with his wife and listen to this podcast. And maybe I hopefully can unpack this in ways that maybe he's not able to, or he can send it to her and she can listen to it and maybe try to see it from where we come from. But if you think for one second, that that truck that that man loves, that he's out there polishing, taking care of, and driving it up all the old highways and byways, if that sometimes that truck doesn't feel like a prison cell of solitary confinement to where he has to muddle through the nightmare of confusion on how to do it right as a man, I, for one, can tell you there isn't a number high enough to count how many tears over the past few years I've dropped on my steering wheel. I have a couple kids that struggle with mental illness and, and depression. And I keep my phone on because I never, ever know if I'm going to get a phone call that I am absolutely horrified to get. And I make myself available as much as I can. And I know that my role as a man, as a father, is to be present for my kids. Yet, I still I have a job to do. I have a, a truck to drive. I have the load that needs to get where it needs to go. And we men, most of us men, are in this position to where we are in the middle being pulled from the left and the right and up and down. And a lot of us break. And a lot of us are getting thrown in the old wood chipper nine times out of ten. Yet the people still flip us off on the road for our efforts as a, as a reward for our efforts. 
yet people uh, tear into us for when we have that that breakdown in our character to where we flip out and we cuss and we scream and we break something or throw something. But yet nobody sits and thinks about what that man does when he's in that truck. The man that's dealing with the divorce because he found out his wife is sleeping with the neighbor while he's out on the road. The man that's getting hung up on it is as soon as he disagrees with his wife in a, in a small, small fashion. And now he has no connection to his home or his life or his kids. The man that looks into his bank account to get a cup of coffee at the Loves and he's at a negative $500 balance because his wife has just misappropriated a shit ton of funds and took all his money and he can't even get a meal when he's out on the road. The man that's getting ran into the ground by some bullshit mega carrier and some 22-year-old junior college jackass dispatcher named Tanner telling you, I don't care if you got a Fred Flintstone, that fucking truck, get it where it needs to be or your ass is fired. Ask yourself that. Who'd you handle this? How many people out there that are passing judgment on a man, on a, on a truck driving man that's in a truck out there making jack shit, getting beat on in every direction possible, yet still expected to do his job and his reward for it at the end of the day is a twin-sized bunk in the back of a truck with a little light, maybe a little TV, with his phone, no human contact, no hug, nothing. Solitude, silence, your own thoughts. And when you're out here on the road, your own thoughts are not kind to you. They're not good to you. They're not your friend. They're negative, and they show up just in time to tear you apart once again for fun. So, wives, family members, friends, think about that before you call a, a man, a truck driver, when he's out on the road and you dish your problems out to him and you tear his ass apart because you want something. You know, I had a friend the other day, he said, he's like, I got really big shoulders. I, I'm a machine. I'm a fucking machine. And man, he is. He's a machine. A machine covered in scars. A machine covered in bruises. A machine covered in adversity. And on top of all that, a Rolodex of memories that most people, half their salt, couldn't handle on their best day. And that man goes to work every day. That man busts his ass, gets out, polishes up his truck, and still 
is a good friend. He's my friend. My brother. I surround myself with quality men. I keep my circle very, very small. And I analyze people that come and go from my life and find out are they good for me or are they bad for me. And yesterday I had a conversation with a man that I call a friend and I call a brother. And we talked about this. We talked about somebody has to have the voice for us. Somebody has to get out there and speak to get us to get people to understand that that we are we're human. We play these tough, hard-nosed, unbeatable machines with big shoulders on TV. But what you don't see, because we don't let you see it, is that sadness, that breakdown behind the curtains of that truck that nobody gets to see. I guarantee you, the amount of men that listen to this, that are truck drivers, know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, recently I, I saw my grandson at a truck show and I never get to see him. Didn't know who I was. Barely knew who I was. And I got to spend a beautiful fleeting moment with him. He took pictures and video of it. Made a TikTok out of it to memorialize this beautiful moment that I had. And only people very, very close to me knew that debilitating, knee-buckling, soul-crushing sadness I had afterwards or the gut-wrenching nervousness I had before he got there, worried that I hoped it went well. And folks, when I tell you that the day that he left, that truck show was over, and where I saw him, that little area started getting smaller and smaller in my rearview mirror. I cried like a child in my truck. I sobbed uncontrollably in that truck. Because it was a mixture of gratefulness and happiness that I I saw my legacy, I saw my little grandson, my namesake, and a level of gut-wrenching sadness that he he's three and that he's growing so fast and he didn't know who I was. The list could go on and on and on about whether it's my story or it's your story, but everybody behind that windshield has a story. The amount of truck drivers that take their own life every year in their truck and they're in there for days on end before they're even found. The amount of truck drivers that die in their truck from bad health or an, an illness that are in there for days before they're even found. The organization, Trucker's Final Mile, that is raises tons and tons of money that takes on the responsibility of getting that driver home to his family because the reality is, 
If a trucker dies across the country, and most of you don't know this, thankfully, I don't work for a company that operates like that. Most companies, if that trucker dies, they will only spend the money to get that truck back and back on the road again, and not a dime to get that driver home to his family. Do you understand that? That speaks volumes that most companies nowadays put more value into the truck than the driver's life. That they, theoretically speaking, from a symbolistic standpoint, they basically take that dead driver, dump him out on the side of the road, and bring the truck back and clean it up and send it back and put it in, put another driver in it. And nine times out of ten, they don't even tell the new driver that somebody died in it. That's a fact. That's a real thing that happens. That's a real thing that we drivers carry around. It's a fact that most drivers' work schedules don't even allow them to go to the doctor. Don't even allow them to have the time to go to the doctor because they come home with a choice. You can spend time with your kids for uh, 34 hours. You can take a nap. You can get your clothes clean. You can go get groceries to put in the truck for 34 hours. Or you can go to the doctor. And then we're not even talking about the fact that most guys can't even schedule a doctor's appointment because they don't know when they're going to be home. They let drivers come home just long enough to prepare to go back out again. This all ties in, if you think about it. It all ties into this happens to men. Men get ignored. Men can't be heard. Men are getting abused. Men are getting beat on. And then they're left to be on the road for 20 years. And what do you think happens to them? They turn into monsters. They turn into feral human beings that are vile and hateful. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. If you're a wife that doesn't care about anything I have to say, you're part of the problem. If you're a man that has fallen down that rabbit hole of being nasty and hateful and mean, and you make no attempt towards turning that around, you are a part of the problem. If you're a regular individual in society, and you break check and jeopardize a truck driver's safety and him being able to even get home to his family, you're a part of the problem. There was a driver recently, I read a story um, a couple months back, driver cut him off, zipped in front of him, cut him off, he had to correct, blew a steer tire, flipped the truck over on its top, beautiful show truck, big W9, and miraculously, and if you'd seen the, what was left of this truck, it is stunning that this driver survived. And this driver went to the ER, and literally all he had was a hospital gown and his cowboy boots. His wallet was gone, he had no money, he didn't have anything, and people couldn't, I mean, he didn't have a cell phone, people couldn't get anything to his family, couldn't get anything to him, and he gets discharged from the hospital. He's basically on the side of the road in a hospital gown and cowboy boots. Where's that fucking driver? that did that to that man. Nobody knows. But all of us truck drivers have heard the story. We've all seen the pictures. We all know it could happen. 
we've all been in the situation where we're driving down that down the road and then bam you're trucking right along listening to your favorite music or podcast or whatever and you're sipping on your coffee or whatever and then bam you blow a steer tire and you're upside down in a field bam a gust of wind comes by and blows you off the road boom you hit a patch of black ice and you're off the road careening down a mountain whammo somebody pulls out in front of you and you slam into them and they slam into the next person the next thing you know you're you're in deep shit that is the life of a truck driver you think that doesn't weigh on in a truck driver from a psychological standpoint you think that doesn't wear him down from a psychoanalytical point of view and then you pile on all the regular day-to-day shit that regular people in society deal with. You throw that on there. And then you take on top of that the inability for that truck driver who's 3,000 miles away from home, from home to be able to do anything about it. And yeah, you mix all that that big recipe all together and what do you get you get a monster you get an angry 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 man because that man is screaming at the top of his lungs on the inside and nobody can hear it that man is crying himself to sleep at night but won't let anybody see it because he's a man he's doing that man shit we talk about that deep down ingrained into us aspect of life as a man that has to do that hard shit and nine times out of ten we feel like nobody gives a shit the extent that most people are willing to give to us is the nice little thank you for what you do Prayer hands emoji comment. Thank you for all you truckers. A lot of guys work for companies when they have driver appreciation week. The only thing the driver gets is to see photos on Facebook of the driver appreciation week, which is all the office staff having barbecue and catered food while the driver is in a truck stop eating ramen noodles, now making jack shit. When I used to work for Boy Brothers, they'd do that shit. They would do that whole freaking driver appreciation shit. And if you were lucky enough to come through the terminal, yeah, you'd get a plate of barbecue. And yeah, you would get a t-shirt or something out of their little swag closet that they can't get rid of or they can't sell. But you Monday through Friday, the office staff is eating like kings and celebrating all the fucking hard work the, the truck driver is doing. The level of appreciation the man behind the wheel gets is menial at best. And you know, folks, I'm not I'm not gonna make any apologies about the fact that I'm not talking about women truck drivers today. I'm not. I am so fucking sick of that shit to where every time you try to vie for the rights of a man. You have to include women into it. I don't have anything against women, but we see day after day after day on TV, you know, women only and the the 
women's right marches and I can do anything a man can do and all this bullshit and shitting on men. I'm making no apologies about saying this is a man only podcast to where I am talking about the benefit of man. And fuck you if you don't like it. I am tired of this general neutral bullshit emasculation of the American man or man in general, wherever you are. A man is a vital part of society. I say all the time, just about us men truckers, we do what others can't and most won't. Think about that. We do what others can't and most people won't. Most people will not demonstrate the level of sacrifice that we do. We live, most truckers have to live like fucking barbarians out here. Most truckers, if they want to get something as simple as a shower, when they work for these mega carriers that run the average driver into the fucking ground and push them into their their time for them to have a break during the day, they're typically pushed into having to load or unload and get cheated out of their break on a daily basis. That I mean, when I was working for Boyd Brothers, I had to result in buying a camping shower and showering in a rest area off the side of my truck over by the tree line. That's the shit I'm talking about. Most people don't have any concept of what we have to do. What we have to do to use the restroom. During the pandemic when all of you people were freaking, yeah, I'm passing out lunches. Or they're standing on the side of the freaking highway with their signs. We appreciate you truckers. You know, after we would see that, and we did appreciate that. But after we'd see that, we would go to a shipper or receiver. And they'd have a porter john. 150 yards away from the building because they wouldn't let us in the building to use the restroom and there was no toilet paper in there and there's no hand sanitizer. Most places didn't even have that. When everybody was supposed to be clean and hygiene and all that stuff like that, the American truck driver had the equivalent of a fucking dog run to be able to take care of himself. You guys took away our food, where we could eat, where we could shower, where we could go in. Get a cup of coffee. I went to a receiver one time and I said, can I use your restroom? And he's like, number one or number two. I'm like, I beg your pardon? He puts a roll of toilet paper up on the counter and he goes, go use the woods. Are you fucking shitting me? And during that period of time, I'm sitting here looking on the news where everybody's hiding behind their front door, wagging their finger going, stay home. Do your part. Stay home. Unless you're a truck driver, then you can go fuck yourself and shit in the woods. Nobody talks about that. Better yet, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And that's what a man carries around day to day. So that being said, I've gone on long enough about how hard it is for us as men. What did I say the other day? 99% on the solution, 1% on the problem, or 90% on the solution, 10% on the problem. What's the solution? That is a full-fledged warrior mode effort on protecting your mental health out here. Because most of that adversity 
is not going anywhere anytime soon. Most of these things are not going to end, might even not end in our lifetime. So how do we roll with it? Well, one, we roll with it by trying to minimize the amount of negativity we take in on a day-to-day basis. I told you the other day, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you're around an asshole that doesn't want to change, hateful, negative, dickhead, room that son of a bitch out of your life. Get them gone. Because they will eat through your brain like a cancer. They'll burrow through your, your peace of mind. And you'll wind up just like them. Be careful what you listen to, what you take in. Take in things that rebuild you. Take in things from podcasts to music to television that ask yourself, am I getting better by watching this? Is this making me a better person by watching this? Is this building me up or is this tearing me down? I start my day with comedy or or something lighthearted, brain candy, some sort. I, I do not watch the news in the morning typically. And I do not end my day with any negativity on TV or podcasts or the radio. I just don't do it because I'm not going to take that to bed with me and let that eat through my subconscious while I'm sleeping. And there's there's science to that across the board. You're watching horror movies right before you go to bed and then you're freaking out on why you're having bad dreams. Do the math. If you're around negative people day in and day out, you're going to be a negative person. Do the best you possibly can to take care of your health. Be careful on what you're consuming out on the road. You're taking in 6,000 calories and you're driving a van and you're burning maybe 500 just breathing in and out. What do you think is going to happen? Do the math. At the end of the day, out here on the road, it's not what you do, it's what you chew. Be careful. Be very, very careful. Do your best to cook in the truck. You know, and you can have fun with that. Invest in yourself. What I do. Here's here's a little fun fact what I do. I like to experience the finer things in life. I did without for so long. I, I do my best to deny myself nothing to a certain degree within reason. And what I do when I'm out on the road and how I handle my truck is I try to recreate as much luxury of life that I have at home in my truck. You know, so I invest in myself. I invest in the air fryer. I invest in the the coffee pot, the Keurig, and I invest in, you know, an Instapot. I invest in before I hit the road, going out and getting good quality food and putting it in my truck to make sure that is my first line of what I need. And if I have to go to a truck stop, it's going to be an old school truck stop, and uh, it's going to be a either a treat or a final option if I run out of food when I'm on the road and I don't have time to go again. Um, Something as simple as nice little carpets on the floor to recreate that feeling of home. Nice bedding, a nice mattress. Uh, I invested in having a nice TV, you know, smart TV in the truck to where when I'm doing a 34, I'm not sitting in the front seat staring at my phone. I'm actually relaxing in the, you know, bunk of my truck in comfort watching a 32-inch TV. That all sounds like a lot of money, but folks, really, it's not. You have to invest in yourself. You have to make yourself a priority. You have to take care of your body and your mind. You know, there'll be people out there and they'll say, you know, if you work out, you'll be fine. There's a lot of people out there that work out that are miserable. 
but there is a science behind it if you work out. I mean, that's why I enjoy flat betting. They get out there and you move your body and it's hard work. You feel alive. Go out and go for walks. But in a nutshell, take care of you. Become selfish. And your standards of selfish are normal in society because you're so hard on yourself you're so critical of yourself you've ingrained in yourself that you are nothing more than a workhorse a mule a person to get things from point a to point b and you come last but you are doing yourself no favors by shelving yourself you have to be good to you You have to become your own best friend again. And a good way to feel better about yourself is make an effort to be more kind to your fellow man. Like I said, sometimes it's going to be met with a, a slap in the face, but you're going to walk away from it knowing, hey, I tried. I tried and it didn't work. And I feel bad for the guy. That guy must be going through a lot or that guy must be too far gone. But at least you tried and I guarantee you, you'll sleep better. But you have to be good to you. You have to take care of you. Because sadly, more times than not, nobody's going to do it for you. There's a good saying, uh, the closest helping hand is at the end of your own arm. And there's a lot of truth to that. The purpose of this podcast, guys, is I am speaking on behalf of those that aren't being heard right now. And that's men. I'm speaking to the guys that aren't being heard right now that might be a little bit lost on what it's what we all are are trying to aspire to and the things that I've learned and the the deep thinking and reading and introspective analysis that I've done what I've come to know and what I've actually see work in real time due to my application I'm sharing that with you free of charge getting you to maybe try to implement it. I'm not claiming to be an expert here, folks. I'm not. I'm just fighting a righteous battle, which is the fact that men are being ignored. The fact that men are falling apart. The fact that men are lost. The fact that the upcoming generation of men have to put together this big building we call life and they don't have any tools and they don't have any directions and people are whooping their ass because they're doing it wrong. You know, but for some reason we're getting preoccupied with this inconsequential bullshit that Hollywood and mainstream media is shoving down our throats that we've got that we've got to make that a priority. We've got to start following and abiding to all these bullshit rules to where we're now bowing down and capitulating to 
sections of society that literally serve no purpose. They don't. We are bowing down and placating people that are identifying as cats and dogs. And somehow we are mandating in the workplace that it now has to be pet friendly because Bill over there thinks he's a German shepherd. Or Janet over there thinks she's a Persian cat. I can't, I can't even, can't, and I won't. I'm speaking on behalf of real men out here, real men that, that are lost, real men that think that nobody's talking on their behalf, and maybe offering a little bit of guidance that I've used that has has been successful for me. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm trying to achieve. That's all I'm trying to accomplish. And I hope it helps. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm not going to stop. I'm going to say my piece. If you want to hear it, tune in and stay. Try to take something out of it. Listen with an open heart and an open mind. And if not, there's the door. There's plenty other podcasts for you to listen to. Now, with that being said, I'm going to leave you with this. This is a message to the men out there. This is for you. You know who you are. You're that guy that's sitting at the edge of your bunk right now after you set your air brakes. And all is gone quiet after that grueling day of driving. Trying to beat that clock. That ticking time bomb that tells you whether you can sleep or run. After that painful phone call with your wife or your girlfriend. That news you just got. That tore you apart. From the inside out. And with all that you carry, you still got the job done today. Or you got pretty close to it. Even though you dealt with 15 phone calls on when you're going to be here, when will you be here, why aren't you here, the day is done and you're still standing. And you've got about a million days behind you where you did that very thing. And you need to take pride in that. You need to own that. You need to know that you are absolutely vital in what this country needs. You need to know that you have to listen to your DNA regardless of what the media tells you and what this world tells you that you need to be, what is trendy, how this world is trying to rest its feet upon your back and tell you you are not worth anything. You need to know and trust your gut that you have to fight for what a man is. You're a good man and you're good at being a man. 
you can protect, you can provide, you can build, you can create. And this country is built on a legacy of men that did it before you. So you can't say it's impossible. You have what it takes. As long as you get up every day trying to be better than you were the day before. You're a man. Own it. Embrace it. Celebrate it. And I'll give you my word that I'll be right here fighting for you and men like you. Screaming it as loud as I can for as long as I can to all the people that need to hear it. Guys, I love you. I hope you're happy, healthy, loving, and living life. And old Bonnie and I We'll be seeing you on the backhaul. Giddy up.